Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you live coverage of the girls and boys NSAA High School Soccer Championships from Morrison Stadium at Creighton University. Tuesday, May 14th, see Class B boys at 5.30 p.m. Central and Class A boys at 8 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Caleb will want to run it in if he can, but he dives and I think he got in. Yep, he did. He stuck the ball in just as he went over. The referees call it a touchdown. Five seconds to go. He will toss it into the end zone at the five. Welcome back. Kicking off our number three here on Herd Out Sports Radio. We're on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and now KFOR in Lincoln. I'm Ravi Lula, Avery Howard with me uh, today. And we are joined now by our friend Adam McClintock. He is the college football professor, and he is a, the founder of Matrix Analytical, the college football analytical uh process there uh, Adam how are you this morning good how are you guys doing we are doing terrific I love the uh, mini helmet wall you got going on behind <laughs> you there um, this might be too granular and I don't know if your your coach's analytics uh, go on this by a play-by-play basis but as you're watching this this Miami Georgia Tech thing play out just what's going through your head whether it's through your through your models or not just you as a person what's going through your head as you're watching that happen well, first off, you know, um, we don't grade every play quite like that, but what was going through my head was, oh my gosh, this is happening to Mario again. Yeah. Because it happened to him in 2018 when mm-hmm. when uh, he did the same thing against Stanford, I believe, and Stanford mm-hmm. recovered the ball, kicked a, kicked a field goal, went to overtime and beat him there too. So, yeah, to happen to a coach twice in their career, that's rough. That is rough. <laughs> But uh, I'm, I'm sure he's he's uh, he's got his head buried in, in the next week already. He's trying to flush that one quickly. Yeah, we we were discussing that earlier. We we're like, were, were, were we missing something? Like watching it over and over again. Like it couldn't have been that simple, right? Like we were like waiting for the reasoning as to why we couldn't figure out why. I'm sure the rest of the nation was having that question as they watched that. But anyway, yeah. like as I guess we'll never know. Um, <laughs> Uh, looking 
to a different conversation, we were discussing quarterback situation here in Nebraska with Heiner Carberg and also out in with the 49ers and Brock Purdy and how quarterbacks are evaluated and sometimes finding talent within your program that you might have not realized was there because maybe we're looking at analyticals more than talent or we're looking at talent more than analyticals. Do you think we've gotten to a point where just grading quarterbacks has become so difficult by the numbers or should we just take things at face value for what we're seeing? That's that's interesting. Um, grading quarterbacks is difficult. It's, it's, it's very difficult. And actually, my partner uh, who uh, co-founded the Matrix Analytical with me, he actually has a, a process where he, um, his name is Dave Bartu, and if you follow him, he actually, when Brock Purdy came out of the draft, he had, had him as, as one of the higher quarterback picks for that draft. He has a, a, uh, a very good way of, of looking at quarterback evaluation differently. And the way he does it is he looks, okay, what is a quarterback doing um, with, with the talent he has relative to the talent he's facing? So a quarterback like, like Brock Purdy, who was at Iowa State, elevated that program by himself for his four years while he was there. Um, you would, in his system, you would take somebody like that higher than, than you would somebody that say like, um, oh, Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. okay? Because Baker Mayfield, they, the, Oklahoma was good before he got there. Yeah, he, he took them to a maybe a little higher level, but Oklahoma was going to be good whether he was there or not. Mm-hmm. They had Lincoln Riley as the offensive coordinator. They had, you know. Oh, I think. That, that really didn't. Did we lose Adam? Okay, I think we might have lost Adam in the stream there. Um, you hear me? There you go. Oh, I think you're bit. back. Okay. There we yeah, go. Yeah, you're good. good. Yep. yep. Okay. So you were talking about the uh, ability of a quarterback to raise the talent level of their team versus quarterbacks in other positions, uh, kind of using historical uh, models mm-hmm. of Brock Purdy versus Baker Mayfield. Is there uh, guys this year that you're looking at um, – that either you or Dave or, or your, your matrix analytical model are all looking at and saying, hey, this guy is raising his team's ability more than maybe we realize, a guy that's overachieving to a degree that we're not necessarily appreciating. Uh, yeah, there's a couple off the top of my head. Um, uh, Cam Ward out at Washington State mm-hmm. is, is doing that right now, as well as Riley Leonard at Duke. Those are two names that have really come up between me and Dave in the last few weeks of, hey, these guys aren't getting all the pub that, that some of these, you know, Drake May and, and Caleb Williams and some of the, the, the more prominent names out there are, but they are really raising the profile of, of their programs above what they typically are. Um, so those are two names really to watch in this upcoming draft. Is there, on the other side of that, is there a guy or a couple of guys that maybe are getting a lot of the hype that your model show, hey, maybe not, raising their teammates level as much as as we're giving them credit for um this is this might shock a few people maybe but um caleb williams i think he's good don't get me wrong i think he's 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 very very talented i'm not saying he's gonna be a bust but he may not be that you know and this is your word robbie generational talent <laughs> <Yeah>. listens <laughs> pays attention to that conversation yeah 
he might he may not be the generational talent that people are making him out to be, just because of where he's at, the talent he's surrounded with, and his offensive coordinator. Since we're on this quarterback question um, topic of conversation and just recency, I guess, of the Texas-Oklahoma game, what do you think um, college football saw from Dylan Gabriel this past weekend, and do you feel like he's been talked about at the degree maybe he deserves or just maybe not as much as you thought he would? Well, definitely Oklahoma has taken a few steps steps forward from this year to last year. Um, I think that rivalry game is really hard to pick anything out of specifically just because of the 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 the, the heat in that rivalry, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yes, uh, Dylan Gabriel has really brought his profile up a lot this year. That Oklahoma offense has improved. Oklahoma as a team has improved. But I think a lot of that may be due to Brent Venables coming in and taking back over the defense. Uh, I think we've seen a more so on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Oklahoma has, has really taken leaps and bounds this year. Um, but Dylan Gabriel, he, he isn't making some of the mistakes he did last year, be it that maybe this is a second year in, you know, in, in, at Oklahoma in that system. He's more familiar with what's being asked of him and maybe actually more, more familiar with the teams he's, he's facing as well. Gabriel didn't play in that Texas game last year. He got right. hurt early yep. on. Um, so we don't really know exactly what he would have done, you know, to, 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 to compare it to, actually. So uh, We're talking with Adam McClintock, college football professor. Adam, uh, let's go a little bit a wider scope here with some of the teams that we've seen so far this year. Um, you know, it was a popular narrative, to, you know, myself included, that Georgia had maybe taken uh, a little bit of a step back this year. It seems like with their performance against Kentucky, they, they seem to be doing just fine. Um, you know, there was a lot of consternation with Alabama with an early loss, but they seem to be getting on track as well. Um, and then you have teams like Texas, who I thought maybe could have been the best team in the country um, from what, how we'd seen them play early. Uh, and then they take a loss to Oklahoma. Who are you looking at as kind of some of the teams that are – really are the best teams in the country is it is it the usual suspects the teams at the top of the rankings that we're talking about now or or who do you particularly like this year you know it's interesting to say this because they never really get lost in the fold really they, they, they it's really t- difficult to think of them as flying under the radar but there's not a lot of people talking about ohio state <laughs> right now yeah you know true. they have a defense this year they are they they uh, per play efficiency wise they have the second best defense in the country, second behind Michigan. Mm. Okay, um, they played a tougher schedule than Michigan. If that offense can get on track, which we know the talent that surrounds you know that quarterback there, he's got the best wide receiver room in the country when it's healthy. Mm-hmm. If they can get on track offensively, Ohio State is probably the team to beat this year. Um, it's. Last year, the last couple of years, their, their bugaboo has been their defensive, their defensive side of the ball hasn't been um, it's consistent enough, um, maybe physical enough. That's not the case this year, I, but from what we've seen so far. So I think Ohio State is one of those teams that we, we have to remember. Um, another team that I think is creeping up quickly, um, Oregon is playing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, their, their defense and offense are, are, are matching each other as as, as well, Dan Lanning has brought that physical presence from Georgia to to Oregon, and, and they're they're really playing good defense there, along with the offense we we know Oregon to play. Um, another team you, got, you have to look at Oklahoma. Look at the rest of their schedule. Okay, the rest of their schedule is they they basically had a one game schedule this year. Okay, <laughs> yeah. 
they, they, Texas, and then there, there, there's the rest of the leftovers of the Big 12. Okay. Now they're going to have to beat Texas again, most likely in the Big 12 championship game. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a rematch. Um, we'll see how that goes. If they can get over that hurdle again, watch out for Oklahoma because they are they they too are playing good offense and good defense. Um, good. Uh, follow up on on the Ohio State here. You mentioned the you know if the offense can get on track a couple times there. As you look at some of your analytics with Kyle McCord, do you have do you have evidence to believe they're gonna get on track, or does he need to show something he hasn't yet so far this season? I think he's starting to get on track. The last two weeks, um, they've they, they've really started to hit their stride a little bit more. Um, I think early on, it was just a matter of getting timing down with some of those guys, getting you know some of those new pieces and in, involved and trying to figure out what they want to do. Their offensive line wasn't physical early on. I think that's 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 kind of coming into fruition after the Notre Dame, after the Notre Dame game and after some of these some of these most recent games, but. Ohio State, they're 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 going to go as far as their defense is, is going to take them. That's been the story the last two years with them. That's 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 what's that's what's going to that's what's going to carry them. Their game this weekend against Maryland was was impressive to hold that team to 17 points. Mm-hmm. Maryland has a good offense, um, and they were, were 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 stymied by Ohio State. That's something we typically haven't seen from Ohio State in the last couple of years. Speaking of just some teams that haven't been spoken about as much, is there anyone on your radar that you think is going to surprise people at the end of the season? Um, really, I think at the end of the season. Hmm. <laughs> Watch Duke. Okay. Okay. Watch Duke. Okay. Okay. Duke. Duke's playing some good ball. Yeah, they 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 lost to to, to Notre Dame. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's you know I think that was maybe kind of ex, 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 you know expected there, but they they still had every every opportunity to win that game. Watch Duke if they can claw the, claw their way up the up the stands and find their way in the ACC title game. I think they could they could shock some people. Speaking of the ACC, how are you grading out Florida State this year? Obviously undefeated, kind of taking uh, what I think a lot of people expected a leap forward for them. Um, have they been as good as, as their record would indicate to you? So far, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a uh, uh, you're not really for sure who you're going to get out of Florida State from week to week. Okay, They're not as consistent as some of those top tier teams, right? They're not as consistent as as uh, 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 Oregon's been, or some of the teams I've I've, I've mentioned, Oregon or or um, um, Oklahoma has been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, to me, Florida State is USC East because you oh. don't know, they're, you don't know what you're going to get them week to week. They can beat, they can outscore anybody, you know, or, or 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 they can come out and they can play down the level of their competition as well as we saw USC do this weekend against Arizona. So, I would look at USC and Florida State in, in, in a lot of the same lens there as far as what to expect out of, out of those programs this year. Adam, I, I'm glad you brought up USC. The defense is as bad as we think it is, right? Like analytically speaking, like it's it's every bit as bad as it looks, right? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I want to make sure my eyes weren't playing tricks on me because it it looks pretty brutal at times. So one of the things I've always been curious about with USC though is it's really I think 
I think it's pretty difficult to play effective defense with the style of offense. It's not, you know, this isn't a Michigan where you're really kind of leaning into a defensive type football team. But but it's not impossible, right? We've seen teams like high-powered offensive teams before play good defense, right? So we're we're kind of just been making excuses for USC, right? This isn't it's not impossible to play good defense with that offense, is it? No, not at all. I mean, look at Tinder Reuter. Tinder Reuter did it, did, it, did it at Oregon a couple of years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Oh, I think we lost him. There's uh, Nick Aliotti played good defense. I think we might have lost him. Robbie, are, are you there? Oh, yeah, I think we're there. Are we back? I think I'll remove him, bring him back in. Okay, yeah, let's try and let's try and bring him back in there. Um, yeah, I, I guess the, the question I was getting to there is, you know, we we make a lot of excuses for like, oh, well, it's a, you know, with that pace, your defense is on the field a lot. You got a lot of quick scores and coming in off the field, and I get there's a different challenge there, right? And the numbers are going to look a little different. Yeah. Um, but we we'll, can try it again here. We'll let Adam get back into it <laughs> with the um, kind of answering that question about the USC defense. The 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 raw numbers are going to look a little bit different when your offense scores that quickly and you pay that high, that high paced of a game. But as you were kind of saying, there is evidence of being able to still have not just functional but high-quality defenses in those situations, right? Absolutely. It's a, it's a totally different philosophy. You think of it as hockey, okay? you got one line in, one line out. A lot of what Tony White is doing right now is actually predicated for up-tempo, up-tempo offenses. Oh, okay. So... Um, it's not impossible, but you have to pair that with a defensive coordinator who knows how to do that. For example, Jim Leonard, as great as he is, would not pair well mm. with Lincoln Riley. He's Jim Leonard's defensive range where he's the most efficient is between 60 and 68 plays per game defended. Where Lincoln Riley's offenses are demanding 75 to 80 plays per game defended. That's almost two whole more two whole more series for a defensive coordinator to, to, to do per game. So... Um, there are defensive coordinators who, who, who know how to do it. Um, Jim Knowles at, uh, at, at Ohio State is is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Tinder Reuter is another one of those guys. Um, I think if you, if you heard me before, Nick Aliotti was really the first sure. to 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 champion that style of defense when he was paired with Chip Kelly at Oregon. So yes, it is. It's a USC problem. It's not a. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to name names, but I think everybody knows who I'm talking about when I say it's a USC problem. Um, it's a fixable problem. He could have fixed it before he went to he moved to LA, but he didn't do that. So um, we'll see how we'll see, we'll see how he uh, how he handles it from here on out. But but Robbie, he's wasting a generational talent at USC. <laughs> you know, and Caleb Williams, right? Certainly uh, a college generational talent. <laughs> Be, be, yeah. right there. <laughs> before you go, do you have any fun numbers for from Nebraska's defense that you've seen this year? Absolutely, Nebraska. Um, they have improved their their defense over last year by almost by almost seventy seven percent in per play efficiency. Tony White is the real deal. He's came in. And he's done exactly what he said he was going to do. So when 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 Coach Rule talks about running defense to be the identity of this, it wasn't just um, uh, lip service. He's actually you know, that's actually playing out on the field as we're watching. Uh, Adam, I, I'm curious. Did the anal- you got to get on the grass and play ball. <laughs> did the analytics <laughs> for Tony White 
kind of give an indication of this kind of success? Because with Syracuse, you know, like, like I said, some of the raw numbers were a little up and down, a lot depending on how Syracuse matched up with their opponents. Did your analytics kind of give you an idea that maybe this was a really good hire with Tony White at Nebraska? Oh yeah, he was one of the he was one of the superstar hires that we were really excited about when when it, it was announced that he was going to be the be the defensive, defensive coordinator. We had him on a we, we keep a short list for our clients. Um, he was on our short list of up and coming superstar defensive coordinators mm. who are who are young, who maybe not be household names yet, but they're on the up and come. He was on that short list. Um, as a Nebraska fan, I was really excited to see that they were hiring Tony White, and he has came in. And he's done exactly what I would. What the numbers show he can do and, and what was expected of him. Adam, real quick before I let you go here, um, who are you showing in terms of just coaching? Who's done the best job this year? Who are some of the guys that have really performed well just from your coaching analytics that you're looking at uh, for so far, you know, a little less than halfway through the season? Uh, Mike Elko is doing wonders at Duke right now. Sure, yeah. Um, Love what he's doing out there. He, he he put together a great staff when he put it together the first time around. We were really excited about the staff he put together out there initially. Um, he's doing wonders there. A name that uh, uh, a couple other programs that people maybe aren't watching but are doing a really good job. James Madison. Look at Kurt Signetti at James Madison is doing wonders there. Okay. Um, also, G.J. Uh, Kinney at, at Texas State. Nobody's okay. watching Texas State, but go look at some of their box scores. They're, they're doing some things there. They're, they flipped that program pretty quick. Um, he came in for an incarnate word, I believe, and it, he's, he's doing some, some good things at Texas State. Um, uh, other than that, that's, that's kind of the list that comes to mind immediately. Um, trying to think of somebody else that may be off the beaten path. I mean, Jake Dickert at Washington State. But sure. A lot of that, you have to be careful with that because they have a guy like Cam Ward who's really – you know, we want to see when we, when we grade coaches, we like to see it past the, a four-year range. That way, we know it's not just one player sure. that is elevating the entire program, like maybe Cam Ward is doing at Washington State. Well, what do, what do your analytics say about the job that Matt Rule's done so far? He's 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 right where we think he should have been. Okay, this is you know, you know the models we had for Nebraska coming in had them at three and three this year. At this point in the year, they're right at three and three. He's right on schedule. Okay. That's what we like to hear. Uh, Adam McClintock, college football professor. Uh, where else can people find your work? Um, you can find it at Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash CFB underscore professor. Um, other than that, just, just Twitter. There you go. Make sure you follow Adam McClintock on Twitter. He is CFB professor, uh, CFB underscore professor. Excuse me. Adam, we appreciate your time as always. Great stuff. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That's Adam. Appreciate you guys. That's yeah. Adam McClintock. He's a college football professor. Um, always super so interesting stuff from him. Yeah. Um, as I kind of talked about, we were setting up the show. Uh, he gave me a little peek into some of their coaching analytics. Um, so he's not going to give away the secrets, right? Because he, yeah. he does this not just for a living for people like us, but they colleges actually hire him yeah, that's to. That's incredible. Um, to kind of that's what he was talking about with Tony White as as yeah. him being on their list of of superstar coordinators, um, which is is kind of funny because I think a lot of people around here when Tony White got hired were like, who is this guy? What is what is he doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, Syracuse like they weren't that good. What are we what are we doing here? Um, but I think he's that shown probably yeah. faster than anyone on this staff. Like yeah. oh this this guy can do it for sure at a super high level. So really appreciate. Oh, man. I mean there's. <laughs> 
as, even even if he does say on the grass all the time. Yeah, you see it, you see that at Indy? How'd you know that? It drives me a little bit crazy. Iron sharpens iron. There's one question I want to ask I'm you done. next time. Uh, let's go. Let's yeah. Go. Okay, let's go. Um, like, what's the craziest stat that they can look at and like? Like, they break down so many things. And, yeah. like, what is, like, one of the things where it's, like, you would never think to pull that stat or, like, just ha- what information does it take to pull? Like, when, like you know, we look at yards. We look at tackles. We look at all the basic stuff, right? Yeah. And they're looking at next-level numbers. Yeah. Like, what is the thing that if you told, pers- like, a person, like, we pull this stat and, like, it proves true? Or, like, I yeah, like, the mind. one that's, like, like what the, is the one that you're, like, like you a can big, track that? One that's, like, a big indicator for success yes, that you're like, just, like, what on earth? Yeah, like, I feel like in different sports, when I look at the stat sheet sometimes, like, I'm, like, what even is? And I, I'm looking <laughs> up, I'm, like, they look at this? Yeah. Like, and I'm sure they've got a hundred of those that are giving them these models. But I would love to be, like, what's the one that you tell people, like, yeah, we can we can track that. Yeah. Like, we can pull that. And then I'd be, like, mind blown. Yeah. Like, I wait, you got to get on the grass and play ball. What are you? Yeah. yeah it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like you know? how and, and how? Right. Yeah. Like what indication are like, <laughs> yeah. like how do you even collect that data on some yes. of those things? Right. Um, great stuff there from Adam McClintock. We love it when he joins us. No uh, math class can teach you that. No. And yeah. even if it could, I probably wouldn't have picked it up. Yeah. Um, coming up next, we'll continue here on Herd Out Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln.